0: Welcome to For the Love of Pod, a podcast about faith, community, and learning from one another about how we find meaning. I'm your host, Erin Phelps, a Master's of Divinity student at Louisville Seminary. This podcast started as a project for my worship community and pedagogy class, It is designed to be a fun, open way to hear about folks in their past and current faith life. Most importantly, each of my guests will teach me about something that's important and meaningful to them. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello there. Welcome to the very first episode of For the Love of Pod. Uh, Again, as I said in my introduction, my name is Erin, and I am here uh, for my very first episode with a fellow seminary friend, Sarah. So Sarah, tell uh, my listeners out there a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, um, I'm Sarah Babcock. I'm a first-year seminarian with Erin at LPTS Seminary here in Louisville. I am originally from Nebraska, but went to school in Michigan, and then ran away from Nebraska, and then went back to Nebraska. I um, have a cat. She is very interested in the processes happening right now. Um, and I like to quilt. It's a fun fact about me. Wonderful.
0: I feel like you've given some of the highlights of the first things I learned about you, so that's really excellent. The Nebraska, <laughs> the cat, and the quilting. It's- um
1: It's a boilerplate introduction. I feel like it's important to know. And
0: we'll get to know you a little bit more here and there as we dive in more. Um, So now we get to do the fun thing that I am calling Podcast Consent Corner. Um, So obviously (laughs) you said, yes, you would record with me, but this is for a school project. So I like to dot the I's and cross the T's. So um, Sarah, if you are here of your own free will, you have been informed ahead of time of the content of the project and no, you are free to refuse to discuss something at any time, please say, I consent. I consent. Excellent. I hope that's as fun and easy as we can make it. Consent is important. All right. Yes. We all, we like it. Yes. Um, well, we're going to. Big oh, fans. Sorry, we're so excited. We keep talking over each other. Um, okay. So we are going to do a little thing that we start out our classes this way in um, worship community and pedagogy. We're both in that class. Um, And it's this idea of think fast where you are given a couple of ideas or a couple of, you know, choices. And you just have to sort of go with your gut and pick which one you would prefer. So we're going to do two or three of these. And then after you pick, if you want to explore a little more, we can. So are you ready to think fast? Let's do it. First one is apples or oranges. Right, excellent I am more of an apple person but it's more also because uh peeling the orange stresses me out
1: <laughs> yeah I don't eat enough fruit on either end so it feels like a very mo- like, like I don't know that anything changes about either one for me but that's where my heart yes. led me.
0: you know what also citrus smell all good Okay, so the second Think Fast question is uh, one that I practiced actually last night when I was doing a run-through of how to podcast with my husband, and the question is, would you rather live in a world where it is always winter and never Christmas, or always Christmas, never winter?
1: Oh, man. Um, oh, I hate them both so much. Um, <laughs> always christmas never winter that's what we sided on too we know what happens with always winter never christmas we've seen what that looks like via the lion the witch and the wardrobe yeah i think i want it it's a bummer
0: it would get pretty bleak uh at least always christmas never winter like you get cute lights and stuff like that that's kind of what we landed on yeah um, and the last one hopefully is easier. Do you prefer a sweatshirt or a sweater?
1: I'm going to come down on sweater. If that's like, 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 like that can be, like, like a Christmas sweater, right?
0: Yes. Any? I'm I'm considering it any knit object. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah, I. I weirdly am landing on sweatshirts, even though sweaters look nice, but that's because I am wearing a sweatshirt right now. So there you go, everyone. We did some think fasts. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Sarah, of course, uh, we are here, as I mentioned, to talk about For the Love of Pod is all about learning about people in my life and their faith traditions and where they find meaning. So, with that as kind of the background of the show, uh, can you give uh, the listeners and give me a little bit of a snapshot of your faith, either um, your history uh, growing up, where you are now, or some combination of both?
1: Sure. Um, So, my parents, like our nuclear family, in the time that I have been alive, has not been religious. Like I hear stories, especially from my mom's family. And I used to hear them from my mom about like when they would go to church as kids. But like, we have never been that family that like goes to not even for Easter and Christmas. Like we just weren't those people. But my dad teaches at a small Presbyterian college. And a lot of the other professors in kind of um, his age group had kids who were my age, and my little brother's age. So we were a whole gaggle and a lot of those families went to the Presbyterian church. And so I tagged along for exclusively the fun stuff, like the Wednesday night, like get together and have a meal. And like they did a hay rack ride in the fall or like the VBS, you know, vacation Bible school summer stuff. But I never like fully went to church unless I was singing in a choir, like in singing the youth choir for that church. And then they would perform at a service. Um, so I like to say that I was—I don't know—I—I—I I, I love saying that I was raised Presbyterian, but I also feel like I need to give it an asterisk for people who were raised like very Presbyterian and like did all the things that I didn't do. Because I don't want them—I don't want them to think that I was overachieving in that area. Um, but that's,
0: that's nice. It's like <laughs> Presbyterian adjacent. I think is a very you know Presbyterian-ish is what the picture you're painting for me right now.
1: yeah yeah. and I was confirmed in that church as a part of like just continuing on the easy the path of least resistance of hanging out with all of my friends um but like don't know that I could tell you that I remember anything about that confirmation class or anything about what we actually did around that um like just very much not a spiritual practice for me as much of a social time um which we'll get back to but uh Yeah. And then in college, like, I just stopped being religious because, again, that was the path of least resistance. The school that I went to in Michigan is notoriously one of the least religious student bodies um, in Michigan. Like, when they poll students about their religious traditions, most students don't have one or don't practice one. Um, So it was really only in probably the last three or four years when I moved back to Nebraska that I reconnected with some folks who went to who who I knew from that church who like were the parents or like people that I know from that community um cuz it's a small town so it's not like you're not seeing folks in other places um and I eventually met their new pastor who has become a mentor of mine and somebody who really started caring about what I was doing and if why I was doing it um and it turns out I really enjoy church it turns out I'm pretty good at church except for the part where you have to get up early to get there Um, and through lots of conversations with that community and those leaders, I kind of started asking what it would look like if I did church and what church leadership looks like. And now I'm in seminary and I'm learning more about being a church leader than I thought was even possible. Yes. And we just started. That's the exciting part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was told recently that I need to like stop freaking out about my career and just enjoy it. Just enjoy being a student again, which I think is solid advice.
0: Yeah, that's actually some advice I needed to hear as well. So I'm going to take a little <laughs> bit of it for myself because I've been very much in career brain and, you know, we just got to worry about classes for a bit. Yeah. Well, well that's awesome. Um, I really enjoy hearing how, because we know each other from seminary, kind of the paths that get us there. Um, although I'm, I'm jealous because our seminary is Presbyterian affiliated, and so I love that you have a knowledge and is sort of steeping in that culture a little more. (laughs) Um, So I always kind of draft off you in those moments.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I guess I should say that I am technically on track to be ordained in the PCUSA. like for all of my hedging about not really being a part of it. Like I'm fully a part of it now. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Well, that's awesome. Um, Well, to that end too, sort of thinking about your faith now or in the past, um, I just have our class is all about different ways we learn and think about things. Um, And we're really into this idea as a class and our professors are into the idea of being um, sort of immersed in different ways of learning. So um, to that end, I want to ask a sensory question or two depending Um, one is, do you have any smells or tastes that remind you of your faith tradition in some way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my faith tradition is really connected to one church. So the very specific smells of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska, I couldn't tell you what it is, but you know how sometimes you walk into buildings and you're like, whatever the mixture of like, building materials and the last cleaner that they use just feels really specific. Um, So I think that building, you know, kind of carpet plus wood plus I don't know, whatever, like, window cleaner they use is very, like, just just every time I'm back there, I'm reminded of all of the other times that I've been there, um, and I, I really love it.
0: That's really beautiful. I love that. Um, honestly, your description makes me think of, I know we've both seen the TV show Fleabag. It makes me think of also when she opens the Bible and smells it, and yeah. that's something that I feel like uh, I get in lots of church spaces, is it's just, like, the smell of, the environment, but also just pages, right? <laughs> just yeah, pages yeah, there's everywhere. a lot of
1: books. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of pages of stuff. And I wonder now, it's been so long since I've been in a church, I wonder if they all smell, if there's like a similar thread of smells, you know, if churches smell the same or if it really depends and, and churches are very specific in their sense. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, it's been so long.
0: Yeah, we're all, when we get a chance to go back, just gonna smell all the churches. And, and if and a, a church house. everyone. um well that actually gets to another somewhat sensory question i have uh which is um not to bring it down too much but it's of the time um has covid impacted anything about how you practice your faith or align with um how things are going in your tradition
1: yeah you know it's uh like yeah it's 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 a hard time to be thinking more seriously about a leadership and like a like a job in a church because like what ch- everything that churches have been and that especially traditions that love history like PCUSA does are uh, um it's hard to like it's this is totally different right like some of that history just doesn't feel applicable anymore cuz you're not doing the same thing every year and it's not you know the same week i don't know um i fe- think i feel somehow even more guilt about not gaining a spiritual practice like I think there was a point early pandemic where I was like this is the time where I'm really like going to become a meditator mm-hmm. or like really you know get into some kind of personal non-church based spiritual practice but I think a lot of us had a lot of like goals that just maybe didn't manifest and and yeah so these days I think it affects me in that I don't go to church like, like the fit like like the physical action of like getting up and going to church, I think was such a rooted part of how I understood all of these people who also did that thing. Um, and now that I can like watch a live stream from home, it just doesn't feel the same. You know, I'm mm-hmm. someone who likes the performance and like the going and the seeing people and the re- routine of that. And it's all just kind of different now. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. Maybe different.
0: Yeah, I uh, relate so much to so many things you're saying, especially about, first of all, I think, yes, early pandemic, I think we all had hopes and dreams about how this was going to change us. And uh, it turns out the spiritual practice for a lot of us was just surviving, and that's okay. (laughs)
1: Yes, Um,
0: yes. And also, yeah, it's funny when you were talking about the position that you're in, that I am also basically in, of thinking about being in church leadership. It is really strange when you're training for a job, but the job looks so different. And now it's almost like, also, it's sort of like we all have to be prepared just in case we have to be the equivalent of YouTube personalities. But for you, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, like, I feel like that's not why I was attracted to this kind of world in the first place. And now that's kind of what everyone does. Yeah. And I mean, we're learning at a great
0: time to develop those skills alongside um, mm-hmm. a little note for listeners who are not in seminary, which I've been to <laughs> most of you, uh, um, I would I would hope or uh, not be surprised. Um, we just for this exact class that I'm doing this project for um, Sarah and I have engaged in leading an online chapel for <sighs> the seminary and. Boy, what an interesting skill set. So, yeah. Well, now also along the lines of um, the goals of this class and what I wanted to explore in the format of a podcast is um, our class is called Worship, Community, and Pedagogy. And so the first two parts are really um, easy for most people to get on board with, right? You worship, you have a community, or you foster a community and pedagogy is about teaching. It has to do with how we teach and how we learn. And so I thought it would be really fun not just to hear about my friends' faith lives and acquaintances' faith lives, but also to um, have them teach me something that is important to them or carry some sort of meaning. And it can be really rooted in tradition. It could be a prayer or meditation, a concept, a theological idea. Um, I sort of let everyone be open-ended but I am really excited to learn. So Sarah, what's something that you would like to share with me and with any listeners out there today?
1: Okay, so we just had a long talk about PCUSA um, and something I really neglected to say that's usually a part of my, here's my faith story situation, um, is that a lot of the time that I was relearning or rethinking about being a Christian, I was also a bartender. Um, And I do think that those two things really went together because small town neighborhood bars anyone who like has become a in air quotes regular or has seen charmed knows that like sometimes i i really believe that a lot of the same things that happen in church happen in bartending and in those kinds of worlds where you see the same people probably on a similar schedule and you have a relationship where like there's there's a power dynamic because you're like The person with the booze and they're the people who want booze but also like they tell you about their their lives and you like ask them about their lives um and so I really really believe that there is a lot of crossover so I thought what I would tell you about or teach you about um is this idea that I picked up and I can't remember where it was from I'm gonna try to dig through some more books to see if I find it so hopefully you can like amend this later or write it down somewhere to say so I can give credit to this idea but there is a bartender who built a whole menu of cocktails based on the idea that it takes three good experiences to negate a bad experience. Um, so if you're a person who consumes alcohol or you're around people who do, you've probably heard someone say something like, Oh, I can't drink tequila. Like I don't do tequila. Like once in college, I I I had a bad experience. I can't do that anymore. Um, and so her idea was that here are three different ways instead of like, maybe a margarita different ways to have um a cocktail that might give you a different kind of relationship with this alcohol um and i have been thinking about that a lot in terms of faith um in part because i'm somebody who kind of bailed on church for a while and didn't really think it was me and then like tried it again um, i think trying trying stuff again or or rethinking how we have relationships to other people or to institutions is a big part of how god can work in our lives um so i was thinking like okay if there's this idea of three instead of having like three different cocktails what are three different things that folks could try if they were like i went i was forced to go to church growing up and i hate it and i never want to do it again um and so one thing i thought of was um to read a book that has nothing to do with anything that you learned about growing up. um, But it's just kind of about God. Some of my suggestions for that would be uh, Pastrix by Nadia Boltz Weber. Um, Especially if the alcohol bar culture stuff has resonated with you that I've been talking about. She, I think, does a great job of understanding the kind of counterculture. Cultural sounds like a a jerky thing to say, but like that kind of, (laughs) you know, edgy i don't know what i'm trying to say she's a lot of tattoos i have a lot of tattoos like that's kind of what i'm trying to
0: say yes i i also a tough thing is maybe not countercultural but it doesn't it sounds coded weirdly too is like alternative yeah Um,
1: but what is alternative Yeah. anymore yeah it's not the 90s who are we um yes so trying to find a book about somebody that's like maybe very different than you uh Rachel Held Evans is another author who I think writes about her own life in a way that, like, you can kind of take or leave the God stuff, right? Like, it's not pushing an agenda. It's not trying to tell you that you need to be living your life a certain way to get right with Jesus or right with whatever. It's just kind of, like, personal ideas about things. Um, I love that. So that's one way. Um, Something else to try would be because um, there is – because everything's online now. Churches all over the world and all over the country have their live streams available like on their public Facebook page. Um, or, you know, some pastors who are more along our um, age lines have things like TikToks and Instagrams. And so you can kind of just play in progressive TikTok world, which I'm told is a thing. I don't TikTok. Um, and, and just see new, new ways to talk about what are often very old ideas um, if you are a TikTok or Instagrammer, I would suggest Reverend Lizzie at R-E-V-L-I-Z-Z-I-E um, who's someone that, again, Aaron and I both know about and yes, talk about. So yeah, these these recommendations aren't maybe new to Aaron, but <laughs> to the Watcher. But world. I
0: love them and <laughs> I love having an excuse to have them out in the world. I will say uh, you do so well already at bringing these up. I know we haven't gotten to part three, but You introduced me to Rev Lizzie, and I feel like almost every other young woman in our cohort has jumped on that bandwagon because she's very accessible in that online space. Yeah. yeah.
1: But also, you know, just doing like the work of like being a pastor who preaches, I think most Sundays, you know, and, and has a really regular normal career, but it doesn't, maybe it's a different kind of angle for folks who are used to like, I mean, me growing up, it was like the old white guy and his schoolteacher wife, and their two kids. And that was like, that's who church leaders are. And that's not true anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so this is kind of a two, two and a three go together. So TikTok and Instagram personalities are one, but also in terms of just um, looking at different kinds of services, I will suggest again, along the PCUSA line, an organization called More Light. So M-O-R-E-L-I-G-H-T, um, you can find them online at mlp.org. And that is a PCUSA organization that is exclusively LGBTQIA affirming. Um, so not only are they saying, you know, there's there's lots of different conversations and different traditions about queerness and church. Um, and there, there's drama in all of the traditions, including the Presbyterian Church USA. Um, but at more light is... A subset an organization that is specifically geared towards not just saying we think it's cool that you're gay, but like what does that mean for Christianity and what does the queer experience teach us about Jesus or about the Bible? They do a liberation Bible study that you can find on their website every week, where it's just a couple of usually queer um, or or ally queer and ally um, pastors talking about. Different scriptures but they also have a list of churches you can look for more light church and if they put the little badge on there you know you can go to their website and you can see a map of all the kinds of churches that might or might not be in your area that have kind of subscribed to these ideas that more light puts out about being lgbtqia affirming so i think it's a really good time to try and think through what your relationship to church has been and maybe what you want it to look like and finding ways to do that. Cause I guarantee you that there's something out there for folks who want it. Um, God speaks to people in a great of ways. And if it's something you want in your life or are interested in exploring, you're going to find that God speaks to you.
0: That is excellent. Um, I, I love all of this and For people who know me, which I assume is for starters, most people who will hear this podcast when I post it on Facebook and say, (laughs) here it is, Um, (laughs) also of my professors, Um, so much of what you mentioned really resonates with um, interests that I've personally held. So I'm sure a lot of people can understand why I was so excited to have you on. Um, So, as a recap, as the person who just learned something new, the idea is, of course, in bar culture, that it takes three good experiences to negate a bad experience. Um, when you talked about tequila, I feel like that's the one everyone brings up. Not not just, you know, there are other things, but I feel like tequila really gets a bad experience. It's
1: certainly um, the one that people have had bad experiments with, usually at a young age. Usually because somebody that they knew at that young age, like, also had that experience and wanted to share it with them. <laughs> It's, oh, my my it's intercultural, intergenerational. Uh,
0: yes. It also reminds me of early Grey's Anatomy. They were always drinking too much tequila. And so they yeah, bad experience. <laughs> um, but there are ways to change that. So, um, you know, if it means three ways to get creative or serve someone differently and introduce them or reintroduce them um, to change their bad experience that the same is true with faith. And I honestly am very moved by that. I knew you were going to make a connection to bar culture and ideas, but um, this is something that I am so excited about. And of course, your your three connections are reading a book, finding things online, including church streams, or our buddy, Deb, <laughs> Lizzie. I say buddy like we know her. Um, we do not. I just feel a kinship with her emotionally. Um, and then more light is such a great resource, I think, for people out there who are curious about it. Um, and this is something that I'm so excited about you having shared because um, I sort of put out a call on my personal Facebook for people who I thought might have something to say um, in in this kind of experience. And something I was very surprised by already and i'll probably keep reflecting on is that i have a lot of people who are atheist or agnostic or questioning or in those in-between spaces like you and i have both been in where it's like not that we definitely don't believe but maybe you know you don't have a home for your spirituality or don't know where you fit And I love so much that like the people who I've met in those positions are eager to talk about it. And I love the idea that you've just given such accessible ideas and resources for people who just want to go deeper and explore and change the bad experiences because we may be seminarians, but we know there are bad experiences out there. (laughs) Um, So yeah, yeah. that's so awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to share about that before we start? Wrapping oh, I up? think
1: just just that as you were talking, I was thinking about I gave three things that are very individual. And I think that's partially a, just a factor of the time, right? Of that. Um, it's really hard to do things in community, but find a community folks like like all you know, eventually, all of the searching should lead you to a group of people you can talk to about things like Yeah, the kind of agnostic atheist not sure like you should have a group of folks you can talk to about that um because you're not alone in that and i think that sometimes it can be easy to think that you are that people are you know when, when you're having these questions so very individual ideas but hopefully all leading you towards um uh, a group a, a community a book club a whatever uh yeah how nice, too, that you
0: just checked off another one of the buzzwords of our class title, which is oh my community. <laughs> I didn't even mean to tee you up for that. It's always um, there.
1: Community is always there.
0: It is. It is. Uh, our professors Marcus and Brad will be so proud. <laughs> um, so uh yeah, I am deeply grateful for you sharing that. And I hope that Listeners out there have taken a little bit of that idea, like I just have listened to and learned something new that can apply to searching or changing other bad experiences in your life, Uh, whether it's alcohol or faith or something totally different. Um, I think that's such a beautiful idea. And now we're going to move into our closing aspect, which is the benediction. So... um, The benediction is sort of in church services a lot of times like go forth and have a good week is how I (laughs) often think of it, but um, it's so much more religious-y and nice than that. But that's sort of how I think of it, right, is now we are closing a service and go forth and out into the world. Um, So our benedictions, I just want to make it about what my guest and I wish um, for our listeners today, a little bit of good wishes to take out into the world. So. Um, Sarah, I'll let you think a little bit about whether you have a particular benediction on your heart you want to share with everyone. Mine is that I want uh, to wish for all of our listeners to be able to go forth and find some sort of holiday media that is good for their heart and speaks to them. This could be something really cheesy, like a Hallmark or Lifetime movie. Um, For me, last week, it was (laughs) Die Hard. And you know what? Watching Die Hard was very good for me. Um, So whatever you are thinking in terms of your relationship to the holiday season and how weird it is this year, I hope you can find a little piece of media that lights up your life however you need it to. Um, Sarah, what what do you wish for our listeners out there? I
1: wish that listeners, um, how do I want to say this? Um, Say no to some stuff uh mm-hmm. i i just i want this is true always true at advent time and christmas time but i think especially this year only do the stuff that's gonna feed you and your family and you know nourish what you guys need um this can be a time where it feels like there's a lot of things you're supposed to be doing um and just only do the stuff that nourishes you uh yeah don't feel like you have to do things a certain way because that's what christmas is supposed to be it's always what you make it.
0: I love that so much. Uh, and two things. One is um, I had to stop myself from doing the closest thing to being like, Amen! <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, because I think it's something that anyone at any time can hear, and especially right now, it's so good to remind yourself you can say now. Uh, but on the flip side, I am deeply grateful that you said yes to being my first podcast guest and experimenting with me um so uh not to undermine well this was everyone needs to know when they. this was
1: deeply nourishing and thus it was important and is serving me so no worries
0: thanks thanks girl (laughs) um well that wraps up our very first time of talking about these faith things on for the love of pod uh so thanks so much for tuning in there will be more episodes forthcoming and sarah thanks so much again for being my guest thank you erin
1: and hope everyone has a good week
0: Yes, uh, we we wish you well. Go forth and have a good week. As I said, (laughs) Benedictine can go. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to For the Love of Pod. I appreciate everyone who tunes in as I teach myself how to podcast. And I am so grateful for the guests who teach me. Have a nice
1: day.